0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast and welcome to 2022. I can't believe we're starting a new year, but here we are and it's off and running. We're six days into January 2022, pretty crazy. And uh, just excited to see what the Lord does this year in my life, in your life through this podcast, through the listener's commentary, and some of the other online resources that I'm creating. Uh, I'm just super stoked to see how the Lord works in our lives and how he leads us. I am, uh, for myself, I am praying for just a fresh kind of renewal of deeper, greater devotion to Jesus. And i uh, been reflecting and praying on that and putting in some uh, habits and practices that might help with that. And I pray that you are reflecting on and planning for various ways that uh, you might walk more closely with Jesus this year, follow him more closely, listen to him more fully, engage his word more completely so that uh, you too can grow in your faith in Jesus and you can become increasingly more and more like him and he can bear good fruit through you. That's the hope. That's the prayer, isn't it? And so, man, welcome to this new year. Uh, and all that it has in store for us, and whatever it has in store, we know that uh, we are safe in the hands of a loving, faithful, wise, kind creator. And isn't that good news? That's super encouraging. So, all right, a couple things. Um, For the first three years of this podcast, I have released the episodes Monday night, Tuesday morning for consistently for three, three and a half years. Going forward this year, I'm going to start releasing them uh, on Thursday, and the reason for that is I have uh, been releasing three episodes a week on the listener's commentary, and so I I dropped those on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it's just been a lot trying to get those three ready and uh, going, as well as get this podcast up and going at the beginning of the week. And so I'm pushing this to Thursdays, and the listener's commentary will still come out uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the week. So, and again, if you haven't checked out the listener's commentary, that's where I teach straight through Bible books. Um, I'm currently in the book of Acts got 10 other New Testament books on there. We'll be finishing up Acts sometime, probably by the end of the month of January. We'll have to see. We've got about seven chapters to go there. Um, so you might check that out as well. But for this podcast, we will be releasing it on Thursdays for uh, this year. And if that works well, we'll probably just continue to do that into the future. And so what I wanted to do is I there's a subject I've been reflecting on. And to set that up, um, Here's how, here's how the subject got on my mind. It, my wife and I, a couple months ago, we got a text from a friend, um, and this text was a question, and she has an adult son in his, in her, in his 20s, and uh, he is a believer in Jesus. He's you know, gone to church through much of his teen years and even a good chunk of his early adult years. And yet, he's really struggled to follow Jesus faithfully, and he's he's been, have moments where he's faithfully following Jesus, and the moments where he has no interest in him, right? And he's been in and out of various kinds of trouble as a result. And so, she sends us this text that says, do you know of a good, simple book that my son could read that would help him keep his life centered on Jesus? And that really struck me. Um it struck me for a couple of reasons. One, I think I think that's an important question. More on that in a second. It also struck me because I just hadn't thought about the phrase centered on Jesus for a long time. Like I used to think about that phrase probably more fifteen years ago, but I hadn't heard that phrase, hadn't thought about that phrase for a long time, and that got me thinking about that phrase again. And and then I, I couldn't think of a book. I started trying to figure out is there a good, simple book that uh, that would be helpful just to give this guy some wisdom and some guidance on how to keep his life centered on Jesus. And I thought of some books that were great for part maybe of what that means, but not all of it. I I knew of some good books on various aspects of spiritual growth, but none that really directed that question or addressed that question exactly and completely. Uh, there were some books that I thought, man, that book could be really helpful, but it's probably a little too philosophical. I don't know if that's right. He He's a little more down to earth. And so as a result, I just have been thinking about this topic and the, the idea of living a life centered on Jesus ever since. I think that's been some of the, the things that uh, has actually spurred me to think about you know deeper devotion for myself this year, even, and praying about that and What do I need to do for that? And and so this whole idea of living your life centered on Jesus um, has been something that's been on my mind. And I I just want to offer some of my thoughts with you. And so over the next handful of weeks here on The Bible in Life, I want to begin exploring various components of that question. Like, what does it look like? What does it mean to live a life centered on Jesus? And how can you do it? And I want to kind of explore some of that with you. And not only that, I would love your input, your pushback, your feedback, your questions, things that were helpful, things that you thought, man, that didn't make sense to me. I would love that if you would email that to me or message me through Instagram or Facebook and just give me some of your your input on this topic as we go along because it might turn into a writing project. I couldn't think of a book and who knows, maybe... Um, Uh, It might turn into a writing project for me, and writing projects are always better when there's uh, give and take and there's input. And so if you've got thoughts on this topic, if you have reactions to some of the things I share over the next few weeks, I'd love to hear it. But as I was reflecting on this topic, uh, you know, living your life centered on Jesus, I was reflecting on this text and this mom who sent this, one of the things that I thought about was, well, why why would she ask the question? Why would she want her lot, her son to keep his life centered on Jesus? And there's probably a variety of reasons, but here's, I think, the fundamental thing she's assuming. She's assuming that his life would be better if he did. Like, his life would be better if he kept it centered on Jesus. That's what, That's her underlying assumption behind that question. And I think she's right. And more importantly... Uh, Jesus and the New Testament writers say she's right, that they say that a life centered on Jesus is, is good and rich and beautiful and works the way it's supposed to. For example, here's some things that Jesus said related to that. Jesus said this, John chapter 10, well-known verse, uh, John 10:10. Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly, have it abundantly overflowing is the idea of that abundantly. Like it just, it bubbles out and pours out of you like a pop can that got shook up, right? And now you pop the top and it just bubbles out of that. I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Or Jesus says in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 and following at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, again, another well-known passage where he compares two people, a wise man and a foolish man. The foolish man he builds his house, and in the imagery, the house represents his life. He builds his house on the sand, um, and and then all of a sudden, life gets hard. The winds come, the rains fall, right, and um, the torrents rage, and they rush, and they crash into his house. In other words, life gets hard. Life gets chaotic, disorderly. Things don't go the way you expect, and now those storms burst against his house, and what happens in the imagery, according to Jesus in Matthew 7? Well... It says that, and his house came crashing down around him. In other words, his life kind of fell apart. But the wise man, on the other hand, uh, he built his life on the rock. And the winds came, the uh, the rains fell, right? The torrents beat against his house. His life got hard too, and things went out of control in his life. And his life held fast. Um, and Jesus' point in that imagery is the difference between the two people is The foolish man heard Jesus' teaching, but didn't actually put him into practice. The wise man heard Jesus' teaching and did put it into practice. And as a result, the the effects on their life were dramatic. One had this strong, stable life that could even stand up to difficulty, hardship, chaos, and disorder. And one, their life just kind of kept crashing down all around them. Life is better. Jesus says, if you actually listen to my teaching... And figure out how to do it and take it to heart and begin doing what I'm telling you to do. Or again, Jesus says, John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you, his teachings, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy, Jesus says, might be in you and your joy might be overflowing. Again, overflowing. Not just a little bit, but overflowing. And he says, it's my joy. I want to give it to you. But in order to do that, you, you've got you've to have my life in you. You've got to live your life in such a way that it's connected to me. And he, Jesus is saying those words to his closest friends who he's just spent three and a half years with walking and teaching and traveling all over Israel. They've seen him all the time, every day for, for years. Uh, If he didn't have a desirable and radiant kind of joy, he could have never said that sentence and gotten away with it. They would have laughed at him and said, yeah, you want that kind of joy, right? Now, he clearly had a desirable and radiant kind of joy that people could look at and say, man, look at that. And he's offering it to people if they will stay connected to him. Jesus clearly believes that he... And his teaching can make our life better, more stable, more rich, more joy-filled. And then the writers of the New Testament, his his witnesses and his writers in the New Testament, they say the same sort of thing. For example, the Apostle John in John chapter 1, verse 4 says this about Jesus. In him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. Think about that. Like What John is saying is... In Jesus, if you're in him, you have life and you have light, right? Like you, you're going to have real, lasting, true, human, living life, and you're going to have light. You're going to know how to live life, right? You're going to be able to see how the world works, and you've got life and you got light. Or again, the apostle John in his letter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12 says, the one who has the son has life, like real life. Or... The Apostle Paul says that this, Colossians chapter 2, think about this. He says, Colossians 2 verse 3, in Jesus are hidden, catch this, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Like, do you want to have understanding about your life and about relationships and people and how to do life? Do you want to have wisdom for navigating life? Well, Jesus is the treasure chest of that. Like, he he offers wisdom and understanding to us for how to do life well. Or Paul also says in Romans chapter 8 that... In Jesus, there's no condemnation. Like, if you want to live a life free from the guilt and shame and condemnation of all the brokenness and fallenness that uh, either we commit or that comes upon us through life, that there's no condemnation in Jesus. And he also says in verse 5 of Romans 8 that the mind set on the Spirit. Again, this is living in sync with God's Spirit in Christ. So, as you live in Christ and you walk by the Spirit, he says, the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace so he offers life and he offers peace and this is just consistent through the writers of the New Testament that what Jesus offers is life peace wisdom light like 1 Peter chapter 3 here's the apostle Peter saying that we've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. like we have A living hope, a hope that's alive, that's real, that's meaningful, that gives our life focus and purpose and and can weather the storms of life because we have a real, lasting, living hope. Um, He says in 1 Peter 1, 8, that in Jesus, by believing in him, we rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. The joy that Jesus offers is so great that sometimes it just overwhelms us and we have no words for it. And over and over again... The New Testament writers remind us that Jesus provides life, joy, hope, peace, wisdom, and so much more. They tell us that Jesus rescues us from blindness and darkness and corruption and ruin, right? So all of this is to say that um, living a life connected to and uh, caught up in and centered on Jesus According to the writers of the New Testament and according to Jesus himself, living that way has all sorts of promise and possibility with it. But Jesus and the New Testament writers also make it abundantly clear that those great promises are available only in and through Jesus. In and through Jesus. Now, think about that. Think about being in something. Um, to be in something means you actually enter into it, right? You don't just get close to it. You don't just look at it from afar. You don't just think, wow, that's pretty cool. You actually enter into it. I was thinking about that idea, entering into something. And um, a number of years ago, <laughs> for our 20th wedding anniversary, my, I asked my wife the year before our 20th wedding anniversary, what would you want to do for our 20th wedding anniversary? And she said, I would love to take our kids on a really great vacation that we could all do together, like go to Disneyland or something like that. The reality is, being in ministry, you often don't have a whole lot of funds for great big family vacations. So we would do small things, go camping and whatnot. But she wanted to take our kids on a fun uh, vacation to Disneyland. So we did. We took our kids to Disneyland. Um, for our 20th anniversary. And we saved up money and managed to make it work. We found great deals. Um, And so I was reflecting on this idea of being in, that you have to actually enter into something, right? Like, can you imagine taking our kids to Disneyland, but not having enough money to to pay for tickets? So we just kind of got close and we would wander the parking lot and we would hear the sounds and we would try to look through the gate and try to see what's going on in there. And And we thought, man, that's really cool. Look at that. And right, like being close just wasn't going to cut it, right? Like you got to actually go in to enjoy Disneyland. You got to go in to have the experience and to gain those memories and to have the fun and to see how awesome it is, right? Like standing outside the gate and looking in is just not going to get you all the fun and happiness of Disneyland as being in it. Um, Or think about maybe moving to a new house uh, or a new city. Like, when you move there, you've changed locations. That's what being in means. Being in means you've changed locations. You've moved. You've uprooted from one place and you've moved to another place. It's not just you've gotten close. um, You've actually entered into it. So Jesus and the New Testament writers say there's life, joy, peace, wisdom, all these good things available, but they're available in and through Jesus, which means mere mental ascent just isn't going to cut it. Mental ascent means, oh yeah, Jesus is awesome. I I think he is who he said he is. It gets you close, but it doesn't mean you've, you've actually entered into him, right? Or entering into church isn't the same thing as being in Jesus. And and so I think that's why our friend Texas, her son believed in Jesus. He had gone to church, but he really wasn't living in Jesus. How can, he, how can he keep his life connected to, in, centered on Jesus? He was really still living in himself, or he was still living in the world, or he was still living in the flesh, whatever phrase we want to use for that. But he hadn't relocated to being fully in Jesus, And so all these great promises were ready and waiting, but he wasn't experiencing and enjoying them. And his life would be so much better if it were centered on Jesus. And all our lives would be so much better if they were actually centered on, connected to, in Jesus, and uh, we were living in and with and through and connected to him. So what does it mean to live our life centered on Jesus and how can we do it? That the, the basic idea, obviously, of centered on him, centered on Jesus, means our life revolves around him. That's the basic idea. Well, what's entailed in that? What's entailed in your life revolving around Jesus? Um, And no matter where you're at in your spiritual life, your walk with Jesus, I think this is an important thing for us to think through intentionally and fully. Like, are you early on following Jesus? Like, you're just getting started. Um, Maybe you're like, I'm just beginning to explore the possibility of following Jesus. Well, perfect then this topic, this question, this subject matter is perfect for you because it'll help you get off to a solid start instead of just saying, yeah, I believe, but not actually entering fully into it. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, um, but you've never really thought through what it means to arrange your life around Jesus. You just have been going to church and doing the church things like they tell you to do, right? But you're like, but what does it really mean to have my life completely revolving around Jesus all my life? Or maybe you've done a great job of organizing some of your life to be in Jesus and connected to Jesus and revolve around Jesus. But there's other parts of your life where it's like, I, you know, I've never really figured out how to get that to revolve around Jesus. Or I I would also add, uh, because of my reflections on this, that centering our life on Jesus for a while doesn't guarantee that we'll stay there forever. Like you can't really live today's faith on yesterday's devotion. And that's kind of what got me thinking about it. I really want to pray and fan into flame my, my passionate love and devotion for Jesus myself. I, I've been following Jesus for a long time, but it's easy to drift. We live in a world where the, the currents of society pull us away from Jesus. Sometimes we have to recenter, refocus back on him. And so if you love Jesus and you want to honor Jesus with your life, and you believe him when he says that uh, the good life is in him, that joy, peace, wisdom, and all these things are available both now and forever in him, then um, I just invite you to join me over the next few weeks as we reflect on what does it look like to keep our life centered on Jesus. And so that's where I want to go here at the beginning of 2022, on the Bible and Life podcast, I want us to think through what really is involved. What does it look like to keep our life centered on Jesus? And so I hope you'll join me on that and you'll give me input and you'll you'll raise questions. You'll say, that was really helpful. That didn't make sense. And like I said, this may turn into a writing project for me at some point And your input could be really valuable to that. So feel free to send me your thoughts as we reflect on this together. And hopefully through the process, I myself and you yourself, and all of us together, we can live our lives more devoted to Jesus, more involved with Jesus, more in Jesus, more full of Jesus, because our lives are centered more completely on Jesus. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bible in Life. I'm grateful for you. I'm glad you were here. I'm grateful for those of you who pray for this podcast and pray for me. I'm grateful for those of you who financially support this ministry, this podcast, the listener's commentary, and all this online work I'm doing. Uh, It takes a lot of time and a lot of work, and I couldn't do it without people who have the kingdom vision to invest some of their resources into this ministry. So thanks a ton to those of you who make this possible by your generosity. May God bless you for it. And if you're one of those who's been impacted and you're like, I would love to join a team of supporters, the link to uh, how to give and the information on that is down in the notes below. You can check that out down there. I hope you guys have a wonderful week in Christ. I look forward to talking to you again next week.